Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. It is us, the guys, the fellas, your hockey friends. I am joined, of course, by Mr. Endo Mills, Endurance M. I will always call you Endo Mills. I don't know why you had that as your name in the first place. And Mr. Sin for the win. And gentlemen, we have hockey to talk about today. Sweet Beautiful hockey. The first two days of the NHL regular season are in the books. We're going to talk about it, but not before we kick off today's show talking about the virtual ice. I want to get to this conversation now. I want to get it out of the way. NHL 24 has been out for a week tomorrow technically a week and a half from the pre-order release date and i am already tired of it (sighs) obviously in terms of talking about the game be a pro is be a pro still there hasn't been too many changes up to my cat in the background uh (laughs) making his first get i don't think it's his first guest appearance second um be a pro is what it is I can't personally enjoy it because of the rosters. People like Sin trudge through. They have fun watching glitchy-ass players on the ice. I saw that clip on Twitter, by the way, uh, with the face-down sweeping yeah. after the hit. <laughs> it was, was a good amazing. One. Franchise mode is a disaster. Unless you are just like, I don't care. It's functional. It's good. If you're looking for anything beyond that, it's a disaster. Yeah. The, the rosters are rough in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I went back and kind of showcased how, you know, in playing NHL 11 and 12 on stream now over the past couple of days, you know, going back and showcasing how they used to do the ratings. And I had given examples of, you know, here's what a 92 overall looked like in NHL 11 with Pavel Datsuk where he didn't need 90-plus in everything. He had 75 body checking, which was fairly accurate, and he was still a 92. Yet you compare that to 92 overall Jason Robertson now, who has 89 defensive awareness, 85 body checking, nothing under a 93 for shooting, which is accurate because he's the greatest. Um, ultimate team, even though I don't play it, Um those that do are pretty dissatisfied at the moment, especially in terms of just whether or not the grind is ultimately worth it in a mode that's all about the grind. And then there's the ASHL, which was the one kind of safe haven of like, you know, this isn't too bad. But the problem we've run into over the last couple of nights and last night, especially in playing club on stream is that it kind of dawned on me, we are far enough into the game that people have figured out what the best things to do are. And when it comes to defense, the best thing to do is not to poke check, because right now poke checks are a little bit busted, where you can reach, hit the puck, but then get a penalty when you retract your stick and hit the skates, even though you hit the puck first. Soccer rules, but that is what it is. Uh, It's not to play the passing lane to try to intercept pucks, as Endo Mills is very well aware, as there was a play last night where he was in perfect by God position 
and his player just stood off or stared off into the void and made no attempt at the puck. Man, like it it was bad. And I want to say one thing about that is you could say, wow, an 82 defensive awareness is really, really low, but that was a default for the build. That's a routine play that a defenseman should be able to stop or at least have some sort of ricochet in front to either make the play to stop it or bobble the puck and cause a redirect so that way the play continues. It shouldn't be a direct, immediate, like, cross-crease goal. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I say the strategy that they're doing? Can I say the what they're, what they're yeah. doing to play defense? Yeah, they throw their ass. Yeah. They, 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 it is hip checks galore because the hitbox on hip checks is it is insane you can have no momentum whatsoever and Mm -hmm. the minute they throw their ass at you you are flying it is hilarious it Mm -hmm. is hilarious it's it's funny as shit but when you're trying to play defense you're trying to go into the zone you're attacking on a two-on-one all the other team has to do is throw their ass at you and Mm -hmm. it's an instant turnover and the puck goes the other way no matter what whatsoever it's, it's it's hilariously insane. You can't reverse hit a hip check. If they line it up, you're dead. Mm-hmm. There was they an don't even have to line night. it up. You can't deke out of it either. I tried to one touch deke. He clipped me, and my guy went flying. There was an instant, an instance last night that kind of sealed it for me. Of just like, man, even the gameplay. It's like I'm having to choose to ignore certain things. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm happy that the hip check is useful again. Um, the hip check used to be incredibly strong to the point where 2BC, the superb man Hercules check with Chara sending Crosby into the 18th row back in like NHL 13 or 14, I swear to God, resulted in them nerfing the hip check for almost a fucking decade. It was good in, I want to say, NHL 19 or 20. It was way harder to line up than it was now. The only time it was really good was you had to have incredible speed. And Mm -hmm. it was kind of like it is now. You you hit someone along the boards, but you had to be going really fast to like Mm -hmm. to flip them and stuff like that. Right. Um, I'm glad there is a really strong hip check in the game. But the problem is hip checks are situational. And they're very more often than not. They're along the boards with the exception of uh, last night's hurricanes game. There was actually one a little bit in between the center of the ice and the boards as a um, God who I can't. It's escaping me who the hell the hurricanes played last night. I don't know why. Um, But regardless, there was a cut into the middle and it was a somewhat open ice hip check, which is like only the second time I've ever seen that happen in my life. I swear. Um, it's supposed to be a really strong defensive tool in the proper situation. Last night, there was a play where I was skating into the attacking zone left corner. And what do I see? Three players starting at three players starting at the face-off circle skating at me ass first. <laughs> Hilarious? Yes. Indicative of the state of the game? Yes, and not in a positive light, um, particularly as, you know, we got a lot of friends who are like, ooh, esports stuff starting up next week. Like, man, I, I, I'm a little bit uh, anxious about the whole idea of, hey, we all do some uh, NHL esports commentary from time to time, of course. Um, I just think it makes the game look like shit. I think it makes the product look like shit. 
And I feel like it's if it's getting attention, it's going to get attention for the wrong reasons. It's going to be clowned on because hip checking is the strongest form of defense in NHL 24 right now. Um, And last night I uninstalled the game and I still haven't reinstalled it. I'm tempted because at the end of the day, I do like playing games with my friends. You two obviously included in that. Um, And I still want to do that. Um, but I'm having to try and ignore more faults than I'd care to. And that's not just an EASHL gameplay thing. That's everything about the game. And I, I thought about it last night after I ended the stream, um, which by the way, we started up on NHL 12 last night. So that's fun. My biggest issue is I feel personally betrayed as strong, as strongly worded, and as fucking weak as that sounds, that is what it is. Because this was the first time, literally since I've been a content creator, that I got my hopes up for NHL. There'll be a lot of longtime viewers that remember, I had a video out about NHL. One of my first big videos, big videos, was NHL 16 rant. <laughs> NHL 16 was the first game I was uploading content for. Like, I have always been that guy to say cautious optimism. And again, if you're a long-term viewer, you have heard that term from me to death over the years. Hope that it's good, but don't expect it to be. This was the first year where I'm like, you know, I think this could be good. And I got my hopes up a little bit. And they fucking failed to deliver even at like the lowest expectation for me. And I just, I genuinely can't believe certain aspects of the game are the way they are. And I've tried to figure it out. It's like, okay, did they try to do too much based on the time that they have? I can't exactly figure out just what the hell the issue is. And of course, you know, in the meantime, you get to deal with people online who are just fucking stupid, whether or not it's the, the fucking oh get good comments yeah hip check like everyone else as if we don't because why wouldn't we it's the strongest thing to do whether it's the typical oh game changers ruin the game as if every fucking game changer hasn't clowned on this fucking game since it came out i just don't know how to feel about nhl 24 and i don't know exactly what i want the purpose of this conversation to be maybe i'm looking for the the lifeline of like hey Here's the reason to keep playing Isha with us. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking for, but I know, like, okay, there's not going to be any franchise mode content anytime soon. I got to wait for them to fix that. Then it's like, all right, I can play it. And then there's two months of roster. It's just not looking forward to that whole deal. Isha was the only thing that I had. And I find the, the strengths of the mode right now being hip checks. And I'm not miffed by the Michigan. But the fact that hip checks in the Michigan are two uh, arguably the two biggest go tos on each side of the puck, kind of kind of screwed up, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, I got Michigan twice in the same game, so uh, yeah. (laughs) Fuck it, abolish the Michigan, abolish the middle class, and you know it's great. (laughs) It's amazing. Sin, sin. How do you feel? Um, I'm obviously not happy with it, but 
my style of game gaming is uh, I'm very self-competitive and no matter what, I like to just figure it out. And so mm. I'm of the mind where it's like, yeah, that is what it is. It sucks, but I can adjust around it. Like I, I yeah. want to I want to figure out a way to 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 be good at every single style of it. I don't always expect a game to adjust to my personal desires. I think it mm. should be much different i think it had the potential to be but but again yeah the second it it looked great early on i was really really excited i you know to defend there's you it felt like you had a lot more tools stick lifts aren't auto penalties anymore um Hmm. you can bump people in front of the net you can you know engage in more net battles and stuff that all seemed to be on the right track but then of course yeah once you cut a meta starts to be formed then you start seeing what's really wrong and right now the hip check i mean we knew it in the community play test the hip check is really strong and i they should be fixing that but at this point it's brutal because it's it's like it's it's now the most viable way to play defense intercepts there there's probably a special way to do them it seems like stopping skating completely or letting your 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 like don't touch the triggers seems to be the way to trigger intercepts that shouldn't be how it is dude people pick off pucks in stride people deflect pucks in stride all the time like hmm. that it shouldn't it shouldn't require you to just like you know let go like the reverse hit used to be it, it that shouldn't be a thing for how to intercept pucks I, I swear I, I have my you know my stick check ratings in the high 80s and my guy will always nearly poke towards someone's feet Mm -hmm. that's got to be fixed and i think a part of that is how much that first poke slows you down because of how long the animation takes i think maybe initially you're poking towards the puck but because you're getting slowed down so much and the animation takes a certain amount of time to complete it's giving a, a, a more of an illusion that you're poking towards their feet because well that's where that's where you'll end up because the the poke if you miss it, like slows you down a bunch. So I think that needs to be tweaked. I didn't agree with how much the pokes slowed you down. Um, mm. And I still don't. So it's no wonder that people are using the hip check so much because it's the most effective way. Stick lifts are good. Yes. But when you stick lift the puck, and even if you take it back from them, that person's right there, they can bump you. They can try to stick lift it back. They can get body position. If you hip check someone, they're down. They take a time. They take a certain amount of time to get up. It take you cannot take a penalty while hip checking, um, and if you get the puck, you're you're nearly home free. So that's not that's not the way hockey's played. I'll keep playing and I'll adjust to it. Um, I'm trying not to get too used to only using the hip check. I'm still trying to use the other tools because number one, that's more fun to play like that in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you know they're going to nerf the hip check. If they don't, we're fucked. I, I, I'm I'm terrified. I'm terrified to cast this season. Mm. If if they don't figure this hip check thing out, because right now it's going to rule the competitive scene. We saw it. Every single good team or a team clearly practicing for a league or a team filled with good players who play together a lot. Every single one that we came across, their number one defensive tool was a hip check. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how. <clears throat> When, when we were told about the new hitting system, I was excited because I'm like, oh, man, these new hitting animations look great. There's a trade-off, though. You miss that big hit. You're caught in an animation. And, yeah, that's the way it should be. Right. Um, it's going to be more effective when you line it up. And unlike last season, if you miss that hit, you can't just quickly turn back around and carry a lot of the same speed that you were carrying. That's good. But the fact of the matter is barely anyone's fucking using that. 
because mm-hmm. the hip check is so overpowered right now. So from that point of view, it sucks. They still need to figure out a way to stop people just forcing. You should be able to intercept it. I don't care how hard that pass is going. If the guy who you're right next to can pick it up, you can take it away. And here's the thing about ratings. Everyone cranks down their offensive awareness. And and that that's just part of the meta. So if the guy can receive the pass, no matter what his offensive awareness is, why can't you with a higher defensive awareness be able to intercept those passes? If, if their logic is you can receive that pass cleanly, hard as it is, no matter in what situation it is, and get a one-time shot off or whatever, then why can't a defenseman make a simple play when the puck's right there to at least deflect it away? Even if they have higher offensive awareness or defensive awareness, then that person has like offensive awareness or something that makes that makes no sense. So there's a lot to figure out, but you can, <clears throat> you know, start with nerfing the hip check, start with fixing the poke. And honestly, you got to make the ratings worth something. Defensemen should be able to pick pucks off. You should not just be able to force the middle. We, we need to get away from that. That was the whole point of trying to mm-hmm. implement the pressure system and stuff. Get away from that shit. It's not hockey. I, well, I will say one thing as well. Um, the, the custom builds that they have right now in there, I think it's Hammer, Shadow, and Bones. Bones, Bones has 99 defensive awareness. It's the only build in the game that has 99 defensive awareness, which is fucking hilarious in retrospect. The <laughs> second I switched over to Bones, I had no issues blocking, uh, taking the puck off people, or anything, being intercepting any passes. All of them went right to my stick. It was nuts. So, like, the big, massive jump between an 82 overall missing a routine play right in front versus a 99 overall who just basically is a magnet for the puck without even having magnetic or, you know, uh, what's that claw one? No contest. To me, it just makes no sense. (sighs) I'm just disappointed. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like I said, I got my hopes up for the first time. There's obviously a good chance I'll freaking reinstall the damn thing just because, again, I want to play games with my friends. But at the same time, like, man, it's almost it's almost more frustrating now that you can see the potential. Yeah. And it's not there as opposed to prior years where a lot of people are like, all right, fuck it. It just is what it is, especially last year when there were no updates whatsoever. And you're just like, all right, well, we're stuck with this. Now it's like, okay, you said there were going to be updates. Obviously, it's you know early to expect updates in some ways. But at the same time, I still look back to the whole <clears> idea of like they set themselves up for failure in a couple of different ways. Because now it's like, okay, you got rid of different control schemes. And now you're having to spend time adding them back in, which takes away from time that you had to work on other things that probably should have been done by now as well. So I just, I look at that. It's like, hopefully these are the growing pains that lead to, you know, the, the more complete product that we're all yeah. hoping that this would be. It is their first year, but the game being Mike and Chris, the two new leads, like hopefully like my optimism's not completely killed. I'm frustrated for sure, but my optimism's not completely dead. Hopefully these are the growing pains. I do think they have, you know, they deserve the chance to be like, all right, yeah, hey, we can prove ourselves here. Um, it's going to come down, I think, like optimism for, say, 25, which is hilarious to be talking about that already, given that we're 51 yeah. weeks out from it. 
Um, but how they handle post-launch over the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months will really dictate just how much kind of momentum 25 might have. My worries is it might take too damn long to get 24 to the state that it should have shipped in that people might not give a shit by the time it's updated. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this is going to need... I mean, it, like, it's only a week, so he could be massively overreacting. They could have a patch out, like, in the next two, three days. Um, okay. I think that they need to do something in the level of NHL 22 did. Because NHL 22 added a whole bunch of stuff post-release. They added the roster sharing. They added women into the game. Women, women. into the game. Now, I think they need to do something on that level, or if they have something planned to go with the game to give more life into the game itself. Because I know adding women into the game added some sort, added something there too. And then the roster sharing, and then you know they kind of dabble with crossplay a little bit coming into twenty three. They they need to add support for that. Maybe they're going to add the PWHL when their season finally gets started and they figure out what the fuck's going on over there. Um, because that's a whole other can of worms that we may or may not get into today. Because uh, they, the, the, man, the P, PWHL is. I'm 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 gonna save it for later, but yeah, I think the one thing they need to do is have more live updates planned out throughout the year. Like having a static product with maybe like little updates here and there. That's not that that's something you can't do anymore for sports games. You have to keep adding stuff. Whether it's God adding a new soundtrack halfway through the year, like fucking NBA 2K does. Or, you know, adding more stuff in uh, via patches like they did before with NHL 22 and all that stuff. But they, they need to add something. They need to keep they need to keep it fresh and keep it keep it popping, basically. We'll see where it goes with 24. But I wanted to talk about that. And in terms of whether or not I have the, the clarity I wanted, not really. <laughs> I'm still not sure how to feel about things and if it's... The right decision for me personally to just be like, all right, let's reinstall it and still play Asia, or it's like, ah, if I should just abstain until the game um, hopefully gets into a better state. I don't know at this point. Honestly, I I think I think you're doing well, uh, like like content wise with doing NHL 12 and NHL 11. Mm. I mean, it's great to see like the retrospect series in terms of overalls, where you basically grab the whole fuck ton of players uh, <laughs> because you had the early you had an early roster from like what NHL 12 launched. And you grabbed like Morgan Riley. You grabbed think, like everyone. So, the, spoiler, now. the spoiler for people who uh, only watch on the YouTube side of things. But yeah, we started NHL 12 last night with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right. And um, I have I drafted every single person that went top five in that draft. Even Griffin Reinhardt. Just because. Uh, <laughs> Don't because, forget yeah, your but, blunder, though. <laughs> You're like, oh, I have two picks. Oh, Martin Ferg's available. Available. I won't pick him. I'll pick someone else instead. Oh, fuck. I have a second pick. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's very much me. It's very much me. <laughs> With that, um, we'll get our show back on the, uh, the typical rails that it normally uh, resides on. Of course, we'll get to some viewer questions here. I want to mention, as always, though, before we get to it, that this podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at manscaped.com. I want to remind you that you can use code Tugi. That's T-O-U-G-I-E for 20% off your order. And you get free shipping. Again, that's code Tugi at manscaped.com. The best, 
the, the best you can get. The, we, we call it the pinnacle. We call it the peak. It is truly the best in the world of men's grooming. Head to toe, they got you covered. Our lovely friends at manscaped.com. With that, let's hope for some better viewer questions than we had earlier in the week, huh? We'll start off with Young Burrito. If you could be one hockey player that never played in the NHL, who would you be? Me. Yeah, <laughs> if I could be I'd... one player that never played in the NHL, I'd be me. Yeah, I'd be me too. I played. Yeah. There you go. There you I'd, go. I'd be I'd... Jordan Subban because apparently he had like the most push out of any of, any of the Subans. Everyone's like, he's going to be the next PK. And it's like, just let the man be himself. Mm. There you go. Yeah. From a rogue pineapple. You have to choose one food that you will smell like for the rest of your life. What's your dream food body odor and what's your nightmare food body odor? Hell of a question, Piney. Hell that's of a, a question. That's a good one. It's better than earlier's. <laughs> oh, my God. One food that you could smell like. I mean, I feel like I, I just want to go for the meme and just be like, give me give me a nice give me a nice plate of chicken parm. Garlic oh bread on god. the side. Oh god! Like this, just you know, that's just the way to do it. The nightmare is it has to be anything fishy. It has to be. Mm. It has to be nightmares yeah. onions. Because that's what I smell like when I when I'm really really bad sweat. It's just onions. Because <laughs> um, I apparently I found out. Getting personal here. I have a condition where I literally sweat out anything that I eat. So if I drink alcohol, if I drink any sort of like like terrible foods, greasy, all that stuff, it just seeps out the pores. It just seeps out. It's terrible. And I basically am like forced to take like two to three showers a day because I smell like fucking ass. And that's why I drink like fuck ton of water every day, too. Yeah, so a little bit about me. My, my, I'm already living my nightmare, buddy. I, I'm living it. <laughs> it's, it's onions and fucking asparagus. Do you have something you'd prefer to smell like? Uh, I would prefer to smell like a normal person. <laughs> Fair. That's not a food, uh, but all right. We'll take yeah. it. Mm. I, I think it would be nice to smell like... What's a, what's a, what's a weird smell that like is like kind of... Not crazy. Maybe like apricots. Like if I had no control, like you could be like, "Oh, I want to smell like roses or like uh, like morning dew These or like foods. whatever." These aren't foods. Do you remember the question? Is an apricot a food? Yeah, but then you Apric- said roses morning dew and morning people dew. People eat roses. No, they fucking don't. They're, fu- they're fucking weird. I yes, think you do. forgot the question when you went on your rant about how you sweat mm, things out I your smell pores. Smell like onions, brother. Yeah, I like got leg dropped when I was eight, and I smell like onions. <laughs> Sid, your answer. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Syrup air. <laughs> Trying to appeal to the Canadians, I see. I don't know. I'm just well, like, again, what's, the, the, what's the least the offensive? Like, I, I won't be able to smell it. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's. I'm just trying to figure out what's least offensive to everyone else. What does everyone like? That's the thing. I don't care enough. Fuck them. Me either. From AJ. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, we've been doing this show for too long when these are the questions that we're getting. 
Yeah. I'll ask it. What sport has the hottest male athletes? Bro, what the fuck, man? Um, this is you're not going to get a great answer from us. Uh, as far as I know, we are all straight men. I'm probably so, like, gay at some point. Endo's questioning. Um, yeah, I've <laughs> I lived a life, my friend. It depends on what you find attractive. That's the problem. Yeah. Do you do you like do you like slender shredded men? Then swimming's for you or beach volleyball. Maybe you like, like, you like maybe you like me, maybe you like <laughs> big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah. Rest, you know, like I mean there's just there's so many different options. So who's to say? It comes down to personal preference, AJ. And I don't have one. Yeah, and this has this has kind of weird undertones too. To like, hey, I'm gonna ask straight dudes. What males are the hottest? Straight dudes in one I'm, question. I'm, I'm sure yeah. it wasn't. I know. I'm sure it wasn't his intention, but it does. It's well, it's leaning slightly bad. Fair enough. Let's I, see I if will we can answer it. Sinking <laughs> lower. Here we go. Here's Endo. Hey, no, 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 no. Because you you can admire a male physique and not be gay. Or True. I have some well, really really yeah yeah deep that's, questions. That's the, that's the whole thing. But usually yeah. when people ask questions like that, they're like, oh. I don't know. I'm probably might yeah. be reading into it too much. I'm not. I'm not trying to put it on AJ. I'm just like that's an interesting question to ask like, three mm. straight guys. It's like it's almost in the haha joking, calling other men hot. But it's like it's not. <laughs> people are some dudes are attracted to dudes. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, so know, who's your answer? Um, I would say <laughs> baseball or hockey. Yeah, I don't know. Hockey guys are they have that physique. You know, some of them are like they're like built. And some and of them like, are just kind of like Anton Hudobin, yeah. who kind of just shows up. And like Phil Kessel, who just kind of shows up. Like, you know? You got to go out of your way, too, to discover what's underneath all the equipment. You know, that, that requires <laughs> ah, a Google right. search most times. So the intrigue has to be there. From Hawks. I feel like this question has been asked before countless times, probably. But you still fucking asked it. If you were to introduce one brand new uniform for your favorite team, what would it look like? That's not too bad. Um, Ooh. I got it. Toronto Maple Leafs, they adopt the Summit Series jerseys, but instead of it being red, it's blue and it says Toronto. I've asked for them to do that for a long-ass time, and it's perfect. Bam. Bam. That's a fair one. Sin, obviously, um, both of our teams just underwent recent rebrands. Um, oh yeah. For you, is there a is there a jersey that they either haven't worn, like a color scheme they haven't worn, or is there one that you'd like to see them bring back? What do you think for the Sharks? I don't know. I've always wanted to see them do more with the orange that they teased at in the 2010s. Would you want them to go full San Jose Barracuda with the primary orange? <sighs> Not a primary orange, but like that's that's too much. But I think something really cool could be done with teal and orange, like. Yeah. And with with black, yeah, like to separate the two colors so you can they 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 pop a bit more with the contrast. Like there's some cool shit. I'm not I don't mm. know. I'm terrible. Everyone clowns on my jerseys every time I make franchise mode custom teams, so fuck them. Uh yeah, just Ooh. teal and orange. Make it happen. Like um, would you like an idea that I'm thinking about for the for the the sharks. You know how they had like the 
their away jersey was like the white and the, the like the teal like shoulder pads kind of design for a while, what? like 2010, 2011. What about that? White with teal shoulder yeah, like, pads? What if they did an alt with that, but instead it was like orange base for the white and then like black for the uh, the shoulder pads kind of thing? Would that work? I mean, it'd give too much flyers. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, for the Bruins, I'm I'm good, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I I mean, I, I've pretty much seen them do everything with jerseys that you'd want them to do, and now they have the throwbacks this year. Um, which at first I was like, eh, I'm not so sure, but now I really like. Um, you know, again, like I had the the Marshan show up in the mail. Uh, the the home jersey, the black version that they just put out, and I looks phenomenal in person so i'm i'm good um and it's like they they had the reverse retro with the Pooh bear last year have one of those too it's just they've been really good about putting out different jerseys that have kind of touched upon every single era for the team they've done everything in regards to color scheme basically so i'm good like you couldn't even be like oh what if they did like a primary gold it's like i think you'd get too vegasy um like i have the joe thornton original Pooh bear right behind me and you know like even if they were to bring back that scheme that wouldn't be too bad but again you would almost get kind of vegasy vibes at the stage. or nashville yeah <sighs> i think that's the problem uh with being a fan of an original six team is that they've done so many designs and that like i feel the original six are in this weird era where you can't change too much because the jerseys themselves are kind of iconic i mean they've never really changed that much ever though like yeah. look at the Habs, look at the Red Wings. Rangers. <laughs> the Red Wings. <laughs> yeah, I think the Rangers out of all the original six teams have probably had the most different jerseys over the course of the the time. I'm trying to think of who yeah. else. Bruins too. I mean, I would say yeah, I'd say Rangers and Bruins have probably had the most like different things. But when it's the Leafs, like they're just fucking blue and white. The Habs, they fucking just the same thing. Oh, stripe down the middle with the toilet seat, and it's red and blue. Detroit has just been a fucking wing wheel and red for as long as I can remember. Yep. Mm-hmm. 1926. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I do agree with it. Um, yeah. Now, the rain. So, the uh, I was going to say the Red Wings have had like what people know to be their jerseys for almost 100 years. Yeah. Um, you know, outside of. Um, they had like the, I don't know if you guys remember, like the late 90s, they brought back certain Red Wings jerseys um, in like the Steve Eiserman era. I just linked it in chat there that had like, the really that. weird striping and stuff like that. That oh, was a photo yeah, back yeah, yeah. to what they had. Um, oh, I don't remember like, that. Huh. In the 1920s, hmm. um, which was like their original look. And then after that, it was, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll go with what we what we've had and they have literally had the same jerseys for almost 100 years which i think yeah. is cool I, I don't think you have to change it but yeah in terms of original six teams searching yeah. things up yeah from nighthawk like building off of yeah. the question oh, hold on what's up i was gonna say like there's no variation like the only variation that they've had was winter classic stadium series and they went really hard for those like stadium series jerseys like i hmm. like them a lot I agree. Honestly, Detroit had pretty good jerseys from Nighthawk. Building off the question for the last podcast, whether or not a CHL team could survive in an NCAA tournament. I don't know if we necessarily phrase it that way, but I got it. How well would a Canadian U sports hockey team do in the NCAA? Endo? That was the question. Against the double A team or NCAA? 
It says Canadian U Sports team. So I would imagine we're talking. So, Sin, for the record, that's basically Canadian colleges. Because hmm. last year, I can't remember who it was, but it was there was a Niagara Purple Eagles, who I believe are a U Sports team. Uh, it was a, it was a Niagara team went up against the NCAA team in a, in a you know just a preseason game or whatever. They beat them like. I think it was like 11 to like 10 or some super ridiculous score because there was like no defense being played. So I think they could probably play a little bit. Um, I think there's not like the U sports scene isn't really necessarily known for big players. Like the best goalie to come out of U sports is like who who played? Who's uh, the goalie for the uh, the Knights again? I can't remember. Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill. Logan yeah. Thompson. No, no, no. Um, younger. They do younger. not have anyone younger. Then Logan okay. Thompson, Ferguson. No, not Ferguson. Um, fucking, I don't know. God, but he he basically was like the the best prospect to come out of U Sports. Like, um, fucking hell, I can't remember his goddamn you said name. A goalie, yeah, goalie. He was like he went. He was like nominated for the Calder lot, not last year, but like two years fucking ago. Fucking Logan Thompson. Yeah, Logan Thompson. Sorry, my bad. My my brain fart on it. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. My, my I had a brain fart. Okay. Yeah, Logan Thompson's like the best prospect out of U Sports, um, and like there, there's you, you don't really go to U Sports. You're a prospect there. Like you you go there to get your half paid education because you couldn't make it for the NCAA, and yeah, they, like they'd probably get it would be like a close game, but if you put say Quinnipiac against fuck who won this year i can't remember some team in fucking alberta won this year and you put them up against each other it's it's going to be ncaa it's just just how it is shout out to logan thompson yeah <sighs> oh, goodness uh here's a better spin on that question from last week it says hawks champions hockey league team or ncaa team who wins well champions hockey league teams you're talking professional teams there are yeah. teams from europe all across Europe that could end up competing there. So the NCAA teams could be could be competitive, but you're yeah, going Hawks. to odds are like it, it basically you're saying like, oh, what if like Providence played the ZSC Lions? You're probably gonna bet on the Lions. You know, you're gonna have former yeah. NHLers in the mix. Like you're gonna bet on a CHL team more than likely. I mean it's just how that works. I mean the NCAA guys be faster, but at the same time, like the seat, the the Champions Hockey League guys will throw the body a lot more, you more physical, and wear them down. Again, it would be competitive, it would be close, it would be a very interesting style of hockey to be seen. But yeah, you're saying the Europeans we, would be more physical than NCAA, and Europeans on the bigger ice wouldn't be more into yeah. the speed game. Okay, yeah. but they'd be wearing visors. Yeah, they got full <laughs> cages in NCAA. Yeah. Pinko liberals. Visor <laughs> oh, wearing sweets. Man, I want someone to uh, wear a, a, a bubble and just tint it all pink. Fuck it, just go for it. There. We finally get another solid question from Bouncy McBlink Blink. And this is an interesting one based off of <laughs> what we had kind of talked about about the positives and negatives of following the NHL over the last couple of years. What's the number one reason someone who doesn't like hockey should get into it? <laughs> and then a follow-up was specifically, why should they follow your favorite team? But 
I feel like that first part's a little bit more interesting. First part. How do you sell? How do you team. sell somebody on hockey right now? What's your pitch to a non-fan to be like hockey? Because in the past, you, like you could hype up the skill, but in a lot of ways, I think in the past it would have been oh they punch each other in the face. Yeah. But is that still the selling point for some people? It could be. It happens still. Um, for me, I think the game of hockey is has just about everything that you want in sports. It, it, the pace is fast. There's constant action. Um, there's games within the game. Um, it's very strategic. And once you learn the rules and start looking at just the, the sheer amount of strategy that can go into things, it becomes very like incredibly interesting in that sense. So I think it brings a lot of different aspects from a lot of different sports and, uh, and, 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 and kind of does them all in a really, really awesome way. Like, I think it's, that's better hitting than football. Um, I think it has better, like cooler scoring than basketball. Um, I don't get that stoked when like bat like, cause that's the other thing so much, you know, so there's so much scoring in basketball that like it's, you know, you get less stoked every time something goes in and even some incredible plays are like less cool. Um, I, I think hockey has it, you know, perfect in that sense. And I think it's reached a really good point where there's enough scoring to interest even a basketball fan. There's enough creative plays and cool shit happening to interest those kind of fans. And if you're a fan of soccer, too, well, there's some, you know, some them. There, it had, there's there's times where it turns into a neutral zone war times where goalies you know haven't or defensemen are making the best plays on the ice it has i think it just has a bit of everything i i think you went down the, the path i was going to go down and comparing it to other sports and their flaws and how does it measure up the biggest complaint you hear about the nfl it stops every five seconds yeah the biggest complaint you hear about basketball is the idea of like, all right, you know, it, it, well, number one, it's, it takes an hour to play the final two minutes. Yeah. It's too many um, fouls. And that there's a hell of a lot of, you know, a hell of a lot of scoring. Like it takes a ridiculously like deep three pointer or crazy fucking dunk. But then again, how many dunks can you even see at this point that it's like, Oh shit. I've never seen that before. You know, I mean, it, it, the shit, they canceled the dunk contest twice. Haven't they? They canceled it once, and then Vince Carter brought it back, and then it, it it might not have been canceled, but it died a death in terms of popularity in the 2010s. Um, yeah, I feel like that's the kind of best way to compare it. Is it kind of has um, the best of a lot of the other sports, and I think it's the reason why you saw one of the primary reasons why you saw the MLB try to speed up the flow of play this year um, and to success as well. Like I, I feel like from what I've heard, their ratings are up. The general interest has been up. Uh, helps when the Diamondbacks pump the Dodgers as well and knock them out of the playoffs. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like that's a that's a pretty good way to go about it. Endo, anything to add before we transition into actually talking about hockey? <laughs> I need more fan cams of my players on my team, my favorite team. Okay, that's why we need that's why we need more fans. I need people to somehow find like candid videos of like nhl stars that i didn't know existed and just make fan cams out of all of it here's it the thing we insane. had that a couple of years ago we had that. yeah like there was a large group especially young females getting in to the sport of hockey yep and uh 
Um, many of them have lost interest. First of all, they get harassed online and like to no other. And yep. uh, a lot of things that they now support and push for are being just completely shit on by the NHL. Yeah, I will so say one what? thing. NHL just yeah. shot themselves in the foot again. I will say one thing. Yeah. Once the gays found hockey, dude, the social media like aspect of of the NHL and all these individual teams fucking blew up. It was you had higher quality posts, people actually caring about everything, getting proper engagement, and then you know the NHL did you know what the NHL did, and yeah, like you said, they shot themselves in the foot. You know, like that community knows social media more than anybody else, and. They just ruined their chance of growing. It's great. To Sin's two points. Um, yeah, I can't imagine the uh, fucking harassment that people like uh, like Isles Girl has gotten on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Leah uh, with the St. Louis Blues. I mean, mm-hmm. they both seem to handle it really well. Leah especially. Um, the uh, The constant L's. That she'll drop on people, which I still think is the funniest thing, how riled up people get towards her. But she seems to roll with it really well. But there are a lot of people where, yeah, they're just like, well, this isn't fucking worth the harassment whatsoever. So I'm going to bail. And to Sin's point, it leads us into the update from earlier in the week in regards to, oh, why would I support this? Look at how shitty you're being. Um, We talked about the NHL and the pride tape ban, essentially. Um, the good news is, while they haven't, as a league, reverted back, at least not yet, there has been a lot of pushback from fans, from the media, and from the players as well. Um, I have a couple of quotes here. First, from Scott Lawton. Well, you'll probably see me with the Pride tape on our Pride night anyway. If they want to say something, they can. Anthony Duclair on the NHL banning players from showing on a support quote. I think we're taking a step backwards, to be honest. That's why the NBA, NFL, and leagues like that, they're always growing year after year, always getting new fans and new viewership. Brad Marchant, quote, to be pushed to do something you don't want to do or to be banned from using something you believe in, there has to be a line where we can all have our beliefs and support each other, and it's unfortunate we can't find that common ground. And there was a response to that quote in particular that I saw on Reddit that I think is uh, rather on point. Wasn't last season essentially the common ground? Those who wanted to show support could show support, and those who didn't want to didn't have to. This shift is just because those who didn't support it are also cowards and don't want the light shown on them and their hateful views when they abstain. Yes. Yes. Fucking preach whoever the hell that is. Random Reddit user, your your. It's perfect because, yeah, that that that's what it comes down to. People who decry, quote unquote, cancel culture and say you should be able to express your views. That's what people are doing. They're saying, hey, I, Ivan Provorov, you're a fucking dickhead. That's their right. He has the right to not do something. People have the fucking right to call him a dickbag for it. And because you can't take that criticism, you can't take that heat, you can't stand with your beliefs and and be okay with taking taking shit from people who who believe another way. That's that's been going on for fucking centuries since the dawn of time, since man had language. Think back to the philosophers in Greece. They're constantly fucking getting drunk and arguing with each other. Like, it's absolutely insane. Like, ugh. 
it's incredibly snowflakes but be a fucking little bitch you can't even like back up your own beliefs and want them shown to the world you know if, if you're afraid of people knowing your beliefs maybe you should reflect on what your beliefs are and why you're afraid of people knowing them the best part is if there wasn't this big reversal Nobody would remember the Ivan Provorov abstaining from the warm-up at this point. It would have been in the news cycle and gone because that's how these things work. You would have taken heat like you did for a couple of days, and then it, it, it most people are going to fucking forget anyway. But the idea that we had, what, five, six players out of a league of hundreds be like, no, I'm not doing it. And then we have to defend the NHL stances. We have to defend those players instead of sticking to our guns here and still supporting this cause that number one's a damn good cause. But secondly, so many of our players in the league vehemently support whether it be the Scott Lawton's the biggest um, fucking player in the league. Connor McDavid supports it. It was it was the most uh, apolitical answer he could possibly give. Um, but yeah, yeah but I'm looking at his up. actions combined to that. I mean, he's never been a guy in those with like to, to media like speaker or personality. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I feel bad for guys like John Merrill as well, who has been like a, a staunch you know proponent for a cause like this. And it's like, oh, cool, fuck John Merrill because Ivan Provorov needs to be protected. Defeats the purpose to me, but we've been over this. And the good news is, like I said, it's not just a thing that these uh, that a good amount of players are just being like, all right, fuck it and letting it go. Um, it is telling, however, that the PWHPA, the Women's Pro Hockey Association um, or the Pro Women's Hockey Association, um, have released a statement in regards to this decision. Whereas the NHLPA has not. Um, I find that pretty telling as well, because obviously we know in the women's game, um, you can't avoid the conversation of pride in the LGBTQ plus community, because simply put, there are too many fucking people in that league that are a part of said community where you could not get away with this bullshit. (laughs) But the NHLPA... Kind of taking the NHL stance of like, we're just not going to say anything. So that's, that's a weird. little bit disappointing. Yeah, I'm surprised the NHLPA hasn't done anything because, you know, Luke Prokop, who is signed to an NHL deal and mm-hmm. is a part of the NHLPA. And I'm surprised that they haven't stepped in and said players should be able to, you know, freely speak and, you know, say whatever they want. Exactly. Basically what Sin said earlier. Um that is a big over. That's a big miscalculation on their end. I like the PWHL stepping up. Um, there is some stuff, obviously, that they have to address as well, too, when th- in regards to, uh, you know, I believe the old uh, PWHPA had an issue with trans athletes in their league. And I believe that they're still trying to address that and figure that out as well. So this is a big mm-hmm. statement from PWHL being like, yeah, we're not really happy with the NHL making this decision. Um, and we're going to stand by our thing and support our community. Which is, uh, I want to say it's good, but I feel like it's the bare minimum. You know, people should be people should be able to feel 
um, I don't want to say represented, but they should be able to be comfortable um, watching a sports event, being a fan of a certain team, uh, environment, group, and everything like that without any sort of hate or uh, misrepresentation on their part. A big shout-out, by the way. I had to look up the username. Dunkles. Dunkles. On, uh, what a name. The R Hockey subreddit. Shout-out to Dunkles for, uh, for getting it and understanding. Um, <laughs> again, it's just that point where you got to take the good with the bad with the NHL. Uh, mm-hmm. Best sport, worst league is a term that gets thrown out a lot. But it was nice to have the NHL back uh, over the last two nights. And in talking about some of the things that happened over the past few nights, uh, first and foremost, before we even get to the action on the ice, uh, the Buffalo Sabres on Tuesday night out of nowhere announced yet another contract extension after locking up Rasmus Dahlin a few days ago. They have also secured Owen Power to a big boy deal of $8.35 million for seven years starting next season. He's on the last year of his ELC this year. They do not go the way of the bridge deal. They say screw it, and they sign him up until, I believe, age 28. Um, I can't blame them for doing it, and I like the fact that they're doing it. They're not yeah. messing around. And they are instantly locking up their core guys. We have seen it now with uh, Darlene and Power, who both have these big extensions. Uh, they have Thompson and Cousins for seven more years as well. Um, Tuck has still got at least four or five because he was on a hell of a contract from with, on with Vegas. Three. He's down three? to three, but he's only making four, seven, five. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I remember. Shit, was it yeah. that long ago they signed him? Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he signed that um <laughs> he signed that seven year deal with Vegas in October yeah. of twenty eighteen. Yeah. Which was five years ago. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I was talking so <laughs> much shit on that deal too. I was like, why are you paying a third minor that world. much? It has been well, yeah. I, I think I think he really broke out when he went to Buffalo. He did like, for sure. Yeah. I like I, I, Tage Thompson. I mean, it's worked out. Really, really well for the Sabres. In terms of Owen Power specifically, is it an overpayment? Right now, sure. But it's the same thing as Jake Sanderson getting a crap load of money in term yeah. from the Ottawa Senators. Well, Brady you're banking on, Yeah, you're banking on these guys being the guys, your core to lead you to success. And it's wonderful to not have to fucking worry. We talked about that last season. Uh, for the Bruins with David Posternock, where there was this like, oh, God, just get to the playoffs. But also at the same time, there was that feeling all season long, uh, almost all season long of, OK, Bergeron, Krejci, eh, but David Posternock's not signed. Then they signed him at the beginning of March of this year. And then it's just like, all right, let's go. The second you lock up a core player like that long term and that weight is taken off of everyone involved shoulders and you just know like okay we don't have to worry about this guy Austin Matthews we're going to talk about the Leafs game in a second how huge is that for Austin Matthews to have the performance that he did a hat trick on night one in a win and Leafs fans know he's under contract this is not the last season on his deal anymore well it is for this deal before the money goes up but you get the point like it takes the pressure off. And for a team like Buffalo, especially, it's crucial because they have been shit for over a decade. It's been 15 years. 
or so. Like they have been a bad, bad bottom feeding team. And now there's hope. And now you're telling you're selling your fan base on the idea of like, these are our guys. We know how you feel about them. We feel the same way. Let's fucking do this. Yeah, I like and it's it. awesome for Sabres fans to finally get that optimism surrounding their team because Jesus, it really wasn't that long ago um, that they were in the absolute doldrums. I mean, they even had, what was it, a year ago, year and a half that they had the uh, reunion and they had some of their veterans come out and knock off jerseys and someone's name was misspelled and stuff like that. It's been quite the turn in the past year or two in terms of optimism surrounding Sabres fans. And it helps, you know, again, when these younger guys get signed, you have someone like Zach Benson make the team as an 18-year-old rookie. Um, he'll be making his NHL debut tonight. Um, it's just nothing but positivity right now for the Buffalo Sabres and a lot of optimism heading into the season. And I mentioned uh, the Leafs, Endo, and last night they beat Montreal 6-5 in a shootout. Oh, man. God. I don't know what it is, but every time, every time that Toronto plays Montreal, I, I don't want to say it's playing down to their level because analytics came out and there was not a single defensive player. There's not a single player who was terrible in the defensive end. Like they were all either like neutral or positive in terms of um, you know advanced analytics with like Corsi Fentwick and all that fun stuff on the Leafs. Um, yeah, uh, for the for that the for the Montreal me. for the uh, for the Montreal for the Canadian, um, yeah, I the one thing I hate um, aside from the game is the new goal song because they've gone with uh, Kid Cudi's uh, Pursuit of Happiness, mm-hmm. but it's like weirdly, I don't know, I don't, I I get it's a good change from you know Paul and Oates because um, I feel like that just kind of like. The only dreams making true were getting out of the first round and, you know, being in the pursuit of happiness, I guess, per se, is, you know, just kind of enjoying the ride, I guess, and that's in the kind of the general vibe they get from it. But at the same time, I just don't, I don't vibe with it. I, I maybe just don't like it that much. Maybe it has to grow on me like Hall and Oates did. Uh, but I, the one thing I want from, from Leafs Nation is I want them to interact with the Gohorn. Like, you know, stars, you know, they have their chant with the with the horn. You know, obviously Boston has theirs with Kern Craft. Um, but there, there's no interactivity with it. And also to mention last night's game was super dull because apparently the whole lower bowl was full of suits and the entire arena wasn't even full. And there was a whole thing apparently that no one had hats to throw on for the hat trick that Austin Matthews had. So they threw on scarves. And then I made a joke saying that Bardown's posting misinformation because there was 30 hats or so. And now everyone that I used to work with is upset with me. Ah, it's great. Uh, But yeah, I I don't even know anymore, man. So I'll say this about the Leafs. Um, They've obviously had that issue now for a while in regards to the atmosphere at the games. Um, I watched Steve Dangle's LFR, and I know he pointed out, like, okay, you know, stadiums are mic'd differently for game one because you have the presentations and stuff like that. So it's like even Vegas' home game sounded a little bit quiet, which, by the way, speaking of Vegas, uh, quick side note, and we'll keep talking about the Leafs. Um, what did you think about their uh, their slot machine championship banner reveal? 
because a lot of people were mad. Like, look at this. Everything about Vegas is promoting gambling. And I'm like, well, what the fuck did you expect? Everything about the NHL and about pro sports is about promoting gambling right now. Um, I thought it was perfectly on brand. It was very tacky. Mm-hmm. Perfectly on brand for Vegas. It is on brand. They're they're yeah. at this point le- leaning into the scumbag. They the one thing that they that they've been pretty good at is marketing. And uh you know, they pounded the golden misfits into the ground. Then they couldn't do that anymore. It's like, oh, we're a five-year-old franchise now. Shit. And then now they're just like, we're scumbags. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> we're, 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 we're scum now. That's all right. We're, we're a high-flying, wheeling and dealing, you know, loyalty only to trying to win the cup. And here's a slot machine. <laughs> I mean, literally, this is their – how crazy is this? This is Vegas's seventh season. How yep. the fuck have they been in the league for six years already and won a cup? It's nuts. Um, but yeah, I thought that was perfectly on brand. We'll come back to the Golden Knights in a second because they um, well, actually score. You know, it's, we'll go back to the Leafs in a minute. I promise. Yeah. Um, the Golden Knights play the Sharks tonight in the Sharks season opener. Sin, any? I mean, how are you feeling about the season? Because I know, like, your expectations are low. It's about watching the younger guys. Yeah. Um, but a game like this against a, a team that you would probably label as the biggest rivals right now, are you just like, ah, I still hope we win? Or is it just like, ah, I hope we look good, but losing would be cool too. Kind of like what happened with Chicago. against. The I hope Eklund gets two points and we lose. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to see our young guys get good and uh, we're probably going to lose. I don't care. If we win, that'd be hilarious. Um, hmm. But it doesn't matter because even if we win and we're like, yeah, let's celebrate. We're going to get thousands of people posting Mark Stone lifting the cup in gif form like (laughs) yeah so it's it is what it is i don't know i honestly i i honestly think the the sharks in la rivalry is really going to start to come back the preseason game when hurdle got hit and there's that massive scuffle there was a feeling that i got watching that even in preseason that i'm like oh oh yeah fuck la like that 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 was like i haven't i haven't thought fuck la in quite some time Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was like, okay, okay, this could take, cause while we're not in similar positions, obviously they're going to be much better than we are. Um, we're still on similar trajectories where it's like, they are a younger, they were rebuilding their bit ahead of us, but we're going to be getting to that point in the next few years, probably when, when we're going to start being competitive again, they're going to be there. Ducks might even be there. I think that's, those are going to be the two rivalries that are kind of going to come back. It's going to be cyclical. Who knows if Vegas is still around and competitive by that time? I'd be fucking shocked uh, if in another four or five years they're still competitive. But you know they've 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 shocked me a couple times already, so we'll see. Either way, um, yeah, I don't I don't really consider Vegas that big of a rival right now because we're in two different places. They're a champion type caliber team. We are a rebuilder. Like I'm sure there's still bad blood there, but. The only two people on the team still who are even part of the playoff rivalry is, sorry, three people. I guess you can consider maybe Shimmick, but I don't. Um, Vlasic, Couture, Hurdle. Mm -hmm. That's really it. Yeah. It's kind of like the stage where it was like, oh, Habs and Bruins and the big rivalry. It's like it hasn't been a big rivalry in about a decade. And a lot of the guys like the, the last big moment of that rivalry was Milan Lucic telling Dale Weiss he was going to kill him in the handshake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. And he and that was, looking very disappointed behind him. 
Yeah, like that was ten years ago, man. It's like there. I mean, outside of Lucha, who's now back, there's really nobody. <laughs> There's really nobody left. I know it's fucking hilarious, and we'll we'll talk about Lucic in a minute too because we got to talk about the Hawks and Bruins game. Um, you know, like you said, those type of rivalries—they're not always going to be at a full boil. You know, no. eventually it cools down a little bit, then it bubbles back up. Um, in regards to the Leafs, though, because we went on a big side tangent thing. Yes. Um, the issues that kind of Endo mentioned. There's the miking issue that was there, but the biggest problem with that is the tickets are expensive as fuck. Corporations own a lot of the season seats. So you get suits there who don't give a shit. Like that's been one of the biggest issues for Leafs games for a long, long time now is all the super passionate fans. They're outside. They're the ones outside the stadium watching on the screen in the playoffs. Those are the ones, those are the people, the fans that would bring that fucking noise and atmosphere and they're priced out and it sucks. Yep. Because Leafs, if you get those people if you get those Leafs fans inside the building for an opening night for playoff games, they're going to have one of the best atmospheres in the league. That's just a fact. Yeah. The other issue that Endo kind of mentioned was like the idea of like, Oh, okay. The new goal song. I think no matter what there was going to be, anytime you change a goal song, it's going to be polarizing. Even though most people are like, yeah, get rid of hollow notes. There was never going to be a song where people are like, yeah, this is the one. Um, the thing is, if you win with a goal song, all of a sudden, you start liking that goal song a lot more. The more you hear it, you start liking it a lot, lot more. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think the Bruins having Kerncroft was instantly the most popular thing in the world. I don't think having Chelsea Dagger in Chicago was immediately the most popular thing in the world. What makes a song popular is when you know other fan bases can't fucking stand hearing it. And it brings back fucking playoff PTSD. That's why Leafs fans hate fucking Kerncroft because you fucking heard it so many times in the playoffs. That's Bruins. why every fucking yeah. That's why every Western Conference team fucking hates Chelsea Dagger because Jesus Christ, all they can think about is fucking Patrick Kane in the fucking playoffs. No, and then they slowly start. They just start breaking into tears. You remember all the losses. Like, that's just how it works. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think like uh, most Leafs fans will come around to it. Is it the is it the best goal song in the league? Is it the most original? Maybe, maybe not. It brings more energy than Hall and Oates. Like, I love Hall and Oates. Oh, yeah. I love that song. It was a terrible fucking goal song. But that's the thing. It was almost a good goal song because of how memeable it was. Because it was like mm-hmm. the anti-goal song. So I liked it in that way. I'd, I'd rather have Hall and Oates at this point than like crowd chant by Joe Satriani, which is a great goal song, but it's almost too generic now. It's almost better to have a bad goal song that could be memed than something that's overly generic. Mm-hmm. Maybe who knows? Maybe the yeah. Leafs are, they did choose a song that's overly generic. I mean, we'll see how people feel yeah. about it throughout the season. Honestly, they also I'll... have, no, go, go ahead, Sin, go ahead. I was going to say, people's first exposure was with it was when the Leafs were doing Leafs shit and getting their shit kicked in by the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens. So, like, that probably <laughs> would... Like, they're, they're probably not in the best mindset to be open to a new song. You're like, the fuck is this? <laughs> their first exposure to the song is down 2 nothing to Montreal when they thought they were going to be down 3 nothing, Almost 3 nothing. Yeah. And then Noah Gregor signs for his bar... <laughs> Scores like the flukiest fucking goal 
after signing a contract the day before. <laughs> like, it's also, not like this. Also, when when the Go fuck ahead. did he learn to score? That's bullshit. He didn't do shit. <laughs> it's for the, the, the power of the blue, baby. That That's man what it was is. unable to finish. Like literally zero finishing. He almost had, didn't finish. Hit the fucking post. So, <laughs> as a shark, he had 26 goals in 178 games. Yeah, and scores. Yeah, yeah scores immediately as a leaf. Um, oh, hilarious. that's great! Absolutely hilarious. Oh man, I will say. Apparently, there are four goal songs going to be used throughout the year. Um, hmm. There's one for the next gen game. There's a current one. There's a throwback night, which is going to be interesting because like. That's going to be really cool to see what they do there. And there's a secret fourth one that I'm not sure what the hell it is. If they bring back Kerncraft, I would be so fucking mad. It's like what someone's like, bring what? back Kerncraft. Like, you want two teams with the same fucking goal horn? What are they bringing back for throwback night? Oh, yeah, let's celebrate the fucking 60s. Hello, my baby. Hello, my <laughs> What a goal. What was the old goal horn? It's just that dude on a, on playing on a fucking organ in the, in the arena. <laughs> He's just playing three blind mice and repeat. Jesus Christ. Austin Matthews. He scores. Hey, Jude. <laughs> what the fuck are you going to play? <laughs> oh, that could oh, work. That, that could work. Good. Or it's yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my that- job was seen so far away. <laughs> While we're down 6-1. Honestly, it should be. I, I can't. I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. I was gonna throw out. He scores. So leave the memories alone. <laughs> There's a lot oh, of good just, options for throwback. Give me the I'm excited. Give, me, give me the who. Won't give food again. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> aspect I want to talk about from the Leafs game. Um, the Arbor Jackeye Ryan Reeves scuffle. We won't quite call it a fight because it's when you hear fight. the word fight with those two, you expect fucking haymakers and it wasn't quite that. Um, but respect to Arbor Jackeye on night one being like, I'm going to get in Ryan Reeves fucking face. Let's do this. Um, when they say goons have a place in the league, that is the type. Like, it is the Arbor Jack Eye type to just be like, I'm going to go up. It's the fucking prison rule. I'm going to go up to the biggest, baddest guy in the yard and get in his fucking face. That's yeah. what Arbor Jack Eye did. It's not. Uh, I could throw a, a, a litany of goons under the bus here, and I won't. But you know the type of players where it's like they are literally only in the lineup to fight. Uh, and especially to like 10 years ago when it was like the scripted fights. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, all right, uh, for opening face off, uh, our two goons are going to fight each other and uh, nobody fuck around now. It's not that type of shit.
But it's Arbor Jacki stepping up to Ryan Reeves after a questionable bit of contact and saying, fuck you, you're not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. That is the type of physicality, the the goon mannerisms that still have a place in the league. And obviously, Jacki brings a little bit more than that. But that is that you have to positive in today's game, which is good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Because you know how nuts it was when you, you'd go into the third. Like, I remember going to Sharks games and being stoked. I'm like, all right, Scott Parker's playing. Hell yeah. And he only plays <laughs> the first two periods. The third period, they're rotating other guys onto that fourth line. Like, mm-hmm. that, that because he's fucking useless in, in so many other ways of the game. So, yeah, if you're going to be a fighter, you have to bring other things to the table. And I think Arbor Jack guy especially does. 100%. I will say as well, the funniest thing is, well, he's in the scuffle with Reeves. It looks like he throws a fucking knee on him. And it's the funniest shit. He's like throwing him out the net and you see him get the fucking falcon kick knee coming out. I'm like, this is the best. This is the best. Also, I'm just going to be in the background moving some stuff. I can still hear you guys. So I'll jump in uh, randomly during stuff. I just got to pack up my hockey bag for hockey. What a man. Multitasker. Endo Mills. Sim, we talked about um, nothing else but multitask (laughs) hockey and fine dining and no mills. We talked about the Sharks and the idea of I want to see our young players do well, but I still want to lose. Yes. And I said last night prospect cool yet. Yeah. And I said last night on Twitter, I said that exact same thing uh, to don't be sad. Uh, because he was like, oh, the Hawks lost the Bruins, but at least Connor Bedard scored. And that's mm-hmm. exactly where the Hawks are at as well, is that idea of let's see Connor Bedard do really cool shit, but let's lose a lot of hockey games because their prospect pool isn't quite there yet. Obviously, you get a freaking Connor Bedard. You're like, oh, shit. The downside to that is you get a Connor Bedard and all of a sudden you could do too good too fast and fuck yourself out of that support that you need around that yeah. player. The Edmonton Oilers. Here's the you thing. Don't... They sh- they shouldn't have found themselves in that position because Connor McDavid, compared to some of the other number one overall picks and shit, came much later. I don't know how they fucked that up. But, like, the only one that's left is the Nuge. Yeah. Well, yeah, in terms of, like, just how bad. You're right. In terms of, like, okay, they already had Taylor Hall. They yeah. had Nuge and Hopkins. Uh, Yakupov. <laughs> Would have been better if they had Ryan Wah. Wah. Yeah. Um. You're right in that they had those high draft picks um, already there. And then all of a sudden 2015 and uh, oh, now we have Connor McDavid. So yeah. it was kind of the inverse, right? Of like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. here we go. We got the guy to cap it off, except, oh, shit, we missed on those other picks for Chicago, for Ed, uh, for San Jose. Now it's like, OK, we need to get well, San Jose obviously doesn't have a Connor Bedard yet. But no, you get the point with San Jose. It's like they still need that supporting cast. Chicago mm-hmm. is in that spot where Connor Bedard you're at risk of him making the team too good too quickly. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you really struggle and you go from drafting um, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse, Nail Yakupov, Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, uh, Magnus Pajarvi, all in the top 10 in consecutive years to after McDavid, Yessi Pugliarvi. Didn't pan out. A lot of injuries didn't pan out. They also had Tyler Benson as a very early second round pick. Didn't pan out. Kyler Yamamoto. Um, you know, I should note that Pugliarvi was fourth overall. Yamamoto was 22nd in yeah. 2017. Didn't pan out. Evan Bouchard, 2018. He looks good. Philip Broberg in 2019. He's working on it. Holloway in 20. We don't know yet. Borgo, Reed Schaefer. And they only had three draft picks this year. 
and it'll be a while before we know. Um, that's the kind of situation that Chicago, I think, needs to avoid at this stage. Like, you don't want to try and grow too quickly and shortchange yourself. They have some pretty damn good prospects in the system already. They took Oliver Moore in this year's first round as well. Uh, Kevin Korchinski has made their lineup at 20 years old. 19? I think he's 19 right now. He is 19 years old. Uh, he won't turn 20 until after the season. Um, crazy that he made the team already. Um, I still can't they believe have... they got rid of Doc and Debrinkit. That's what I was going to. I'm like, ooh, I wonder if they regret that Kirby Doc decision. Probably not because they're prob- they're attempting to tank for Bedard the whole time. Knowing That's that they fair. had a very good chance to get it no matter where they were in the bottom five. Yeah. Um, speaking to Bedard, though, he scored his first goal against the Bruins, which I called. I 100% said he is scoring his first goal against the Bruins. It was the most obvious thing in the world. Um, and he looks good. It's Connor yeah. Bedard. He looks good. Um, Dude, that, that little pass was so slick on his goal when he entered the zone. He did that little yeah. fucking pass. And then when he got it back, he took the bad angle shot. And then with the wraparound. But that first initial pass to... I don't know if it was Hall, but it was someone on on his wing. It was so, he, he's slick. He's got he, he's going to be sick. They um they, they were able to show a couple of different plays too. Um, Bedard had a moment where he was in a two on one with Kevin Korchinski, and had it not been for Charlie McAvoy breaking up the play on the one tee to, Kor- to Korchinski, it would have been a goal. I mean, Connor Bedard disguised this this one time pass so perfectly that it would have been an empty net. Korchinski. Um, I think his passing good. Yes. Um, <laughs> better than Adam Fox, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, Bedard is sick, man. And like I said, it's not just going to be the goal scoring. I think his passing as well. Um, there was the bit of a scare where it's like, oh shit, did he get hurt? And that's always going to be a concern for an 18 year old kid. Um, how do you feel about them immediately? comparing him to Wayne Gretzky and literally he scores his first goal and it's Gretzky this many goals Bedard one on the one hand here's the thing on the one hand I understand what the NHL is doing and I think they should continue Mm -hmm. to do it they need to promote their young stars they have fucked up time and time and time again promote this guy he's even he's even got a little bit of a fucking personality so dig into that but don't mm-hmm. just promote him. Promote everyone else. Don't give up on Matthew Kachuk. Like, the man was was everything to you in the playoffs. They need to continue to, to promote all of these guys. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I honestly – and, and in, in, on one hand, it's like, okay, calm down. Don't show his goal total next to Gretzky. It, to me, that seemed like they were, like, being sarcastic about it. Like, he's got one goal. He's only 493 <laughs> behind Gretzky – or 893 behind Gretzky. It's like we also have Ovechkin who's currently chasing that. Don't give up on right. him either. Don't just lean into one guy. You know, promote all of them. You can do that. You're the NHL and they should. But yes, you know, promote the young guys, but also promote other people who are doing awesome things or have cool personalities because that's what every other good league does. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, right? It's that idea <clears throat> too of I think back to LeBron James being drafted 20 years ago. <laughs> That's terrible. Terrifying. Um, the instant comparisons to the greatest of all time. And he lived up to it. But it's not often that someone lives up to that hype. But at the same time, you put that pressure on LeBron 
and it galvanizes people one way or another. Either they're mm-hmm. like, fuck yeah, he is the next one. Or people are like, fuck you, he's terrible, he's trash, he's never going to be that good. But regardless, people are talking about him. Mm-hmm. And that's what the NHL so desperately needs. You hit the nail on the head. Like They need the marketable stars. They need people to be talking about these guys. Um, and I'm not saying they've missed the boat with Connor McDavid, because they haven't. But they haven't been able to fully utilize the star power of Connor McDavid yet. Because the Oilers can't get their fucking shit together, as we're about yeah. to talk about in a second. Um, I I don't have an issue with it. I wanted to throw it out there, but yeah, I don't I don't have an issue with it. I will say in regards to the Bruins, because it was their season opener uh, of their 100th season, they had a phenomenal pregame ceremony, bringing out a lot of legends, um, just in general, players from the 2011 team. You know how fucking weird it was to see David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron on the ice as retired legends, by the way. Fucking weird. Chara's out there, too. It's Tuka Rask. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, that era's done. Um, they also had uh, at least somebody there, if not the player themselves, that they had passed on family members for every single one of the Bruins' retired numbers, which was really fucking cool. Um, and then they won, which was great. David Posternock had two goals. One of them was an empty netter. They beat a team that played the night before, like they should have won that game, and they did. Um, Trent Frederick scored their first goal, and he's when Trent Frederick was drafted in the first did round. He lift and the Don puck, Sweeney... <laughs> How did it go oh, into? Let's... Yeah, I didn't see it. <laughs> it was a deflection. <laughs> For those who don't get the reference, Sin watched every second of Bruins Panthers with me. And if Trent Frederick could have raised the puck, the Bruins would have won that series in three games. (laughs) There was like three different two-on-ones where Frederick got a backdoor pass and zero times did he lift the puck and score. I'm sorry. Okay. It's, the fucking... <laughs> it's funnier now than it was at the moment because I was pissed in the moment. I'm like, what the hell? Like, how is he incapable? Like, I'm like, all right, first time, I get it. Fast game. Second time, okay, come on now. Third time, holy fuck, lift the puck. <laughs> <sighs> so when the Bruins took Trent Frederick in the first round in 2016, Don Sweeney was quoted in saying that he was going to be like a strong bottom six presence. And people were like, what the fuck are you doing taking a guy like that in the first round? But he has turned into what they advertised him as. Yeah, yeah. He can put up some points, difficult to play against, gets to the front of the nets. And, you know, sometimes it's not the worst idea to take a player like that Especially based off of expectations, because it can age a little bit better. Um, you know, if you take defensemen or you know other players in the first round, like he went one pick before Sam Steele, and Bruins fans at the time were like, "Oh, why didn't they fucking take Sam Steele?" Leafs fans at the time were like, "Oh, good, we gave up the pick that landed Anaheim, Sam Steele." It didn't quite work out for the Ducks. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at other players in that first round that have struggled to kind of lock down spots in the NHL lineup. Then you take someone like Trent Frederick and it's like, OK, he wasn't advertised to be um, this crazy score. And it's like Luke Coonan went 15th overall. He and Luke Coonan are in a pretty similar spot. Excuse so, me. All- Luke Coonan is on the Sharks second line, sir. He's a top six threat. <laughs> 
it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it ages a little bit better. Uh, yeah. Is it what you want to see in the moment? Not necessarily, but it does help a bit. I wouldn't have and taken he was him on the, the first line. round. <laughs> yeah. And he was on a line with Morgan Geeky, who they brought in from Seattle, who looked okay. And the 19-year-old wonder kid, Matt Patra, who looked great, picked up his first career <laughs> assist, easily could have had a goal in the game, too. Um, he plays like this. He won't be going back to junior. Uh, I, I can't believe just how, like, out of nowhere, this kid showed up. I got to tune in. He um, has a, I heard he has a very mature game, which is yeah, shocking. Like his positioning is on point. That's cool. There was yeah, uh, like, there was a play, um, not not to cut you off, Tuki. There was but, a play in the preseason game where he makes a cut at the uh, at the hash marks uh, to go back towards the net and make a cut the drive towards the net. That's something that you can't teach. That is that's like innate. Like once he made that cut and made that play, I'm like, this kid's not going to go back to to the, to the seat. He's going to stay with the team past the nine games, especially if you have your first point there in your first game too. Like there there's no way. It would have to be something extremely drastic for him to get sent back down, and I think sending him down would would it would be great for his development because you want to you know take your time with players and all that. But he put up like ninety points in the in the O last year with uh, I think he played with Guelph, um, and he just he was dominant, very dominant. So it makes no sense to keep him down there again. Kind of like the situation with uh, Shane Wright, where he's not even on the Kraken like roster right now. I believe like he's not he didn't even played the opening game. And it, it makes sense to, you know, the CHL maybe says, like, you know what? Same thing with Shane. Don't come down here if you're just wasting your time. Get sped up and go play in the A if possible because some kids just have say, it. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think if he had the exception or could just outright be sent to the AHL, they probably would have. Um, but if the choice is between NHL and CHL, I think it'd probably be best to keep him in the NHL. Yeah, especially if um, they want to develop his two-way game. You got to play against that fucking competition. And it's seeming like their Bruins love two-way centers, and we're not that far removed from Bergeron. And if he's got that bit of a game, uh, then you want to start putting him up against that competition early, get him learning, get him adjusting, have him make a few mistakes so he could learn from them, see if he learns from the, the, those mistakes. And it, he seems he's got decent size to him, right? Uh, let me check up his uh, uh, 5'11", 177, but he plays a bigger game. Yeah, okay. Um, 5'11", isn't that short in today's NHL, that's yeah. for sure. People are still worried about that. The, the I feel magic validated. six foot. Um, but yeah, 5'11", is not that short, man. Just round up. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. I will say, though, like about the Bruins, too, they obviously don't have the center that you're necessarily scared of. But Zaka, Coyle, Patra, and now John Beecher on the fourth line. Uh, another former first-round pick of the Bruins. All pretty heavy centers, man. Difficult to play against. Yeah. Literally, Patra is the only center who isn't six foot three. Like difficult, bigger bodies, tough to play against. With that bit of extra, you know, kind of skill on the wing with the poster knocks. And honestly, I mean, I was I was impressed too. The fourth line. Uh, on cap friendly was listed as Jakob Lauko on the right, who has some speed to his game, John Beecher and Milan Lucic, who holy shit, did he look like he turned back the clock 10 years? You could really? tell he was he Ooh. was thriving 
on the atmosphere at home. Every time he touched the puck, the Luch chants were coming out from the crowd. Um, s- similar to like, PK Subban touching the puck and getting the shit boot out of him <laughs> in Boston back in the day. Um, he was thriving. And if his if his body holds up, I do think he'll be a strong contributor, especially for a 35-year-old on a million-dollar contract. Um, I was I was pretty damn impressed with this lineup across the board. Only game one against a team that's expected to be bad, who were playing the second half of a back-to-back. But you want them to look good, though. That's the point. They should look good, and they did. So I'm happy about that. We have referenced the Edmonton Oilers a few times, and that's the last game I want to talk about here to round out the show. The Vancouver Canucks defeated the Oilers last night 8-1. to one. <laughs> <sighs> From the Canucks' perspective, this was... Everything you could have hoped for and more. Nobody expected this at all. Um, Credit to Brock Besser. Four goals. Um, You know, he made his kind of struggles public, losing his father in the last year or so. There isn't a person who isn't rooting for Brock Besser at this stage. So it was awesome to see him have the game he did. Uh, JT Miller and Elias Pedersen both had four point games as well. Like this was a tremendous, tremendous performance from the Canucks top to bottom. Even if they had to switch out goaltenders in the middle of the game because they tried to let Thatcher Demko play while he's battling the flu and he had to be removed from the game and he threw up in his mask, which is maybe the grossest thing you can possibly hear. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit weird. From the Oilers' perspective, it is game one of 82. But boy, is this a great way to kick off a season with making your fan base panic. Because we talked about it in our season preview, how they have a roster that doesn't exactly instill confidence. It's still McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, Evander Kane, Zach Hyman at the top. But then you are still relying on Warren Fogle, Matthias Janmark, Derek Ryan to kind of fill things out. And defensively, you're still relying pretty heavily on the Cody Ceces of the world. You're paying Darnell Nurse over $9 million. And then in goal, both goaltenders looked like trash last night. Because Jack Campbell got pulled with a 750 save percentage and an 889 goals against average. And Woof. Skinner had a 750 save percentage and a 7.5 goals against average. It's the first game. The sky isn't falling. But at the same time, how they lost in the playoffs last year, this is an Oilers team that you wanted to see step out onto the ice game one and fucking thrash a team like the Canucks who are in that kind of middle ground of what the fuck even are we? And you're supposed to be a cup contender and you looked like shit. They were favorites to win the cup in a couple uh, predictions. (sighs) Yeah. Which is hilarious. I don't know who's making those predictions. Yeah. The um, looking at it, We'll go off of a couple of the uh, the betting odds here. 
uh, for Stanley Cup uh, wins. And um, let's see, the betting line. Colorado, Carolina, Edmonton from one outlet. Uh, Colorado, Carolina, actually pretty much across the board. I don't know why they think Edmonton. Like, yes, they have McDavid and Drysaddle, but they just don't give depth to them. They don't give support to them. Pretty much universally a top three odds list to win the Stanley Cup this year is the Edmonton Oilers. That's nuts to me. It's the Connor McDavid effect and the Leon Dreisaitl effect. You don't want to doubt them, but at this point, like we've seen it, the way that roster is constructed, they just haven't been able to break through, and it doesn't feel like a situation where it's like, just keep pushing and eventually we'll break through. Uh, It feels like a situation where four years of Ken Holland was enough, and a change in the offseason probably was warranted. I mean, he uh, like McDavid had 20 points in 12 games in the playoffs, like, and that wasn't enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. I should tell you, it's not him. We know he's going to do great. It's just they don't improve their supporting cast. Like he's well over point per game in the playoffs for his entire career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And looking at their uh, postseason scoring, McDavid, 20 points, Dreisaitl, 18, Bouchard, 17. Nuge and Hyman, 11. Next highest, Matthias Ekholm was 7. Kane had 5. Austin, McLeod. um, They just don't have that depth scoring, and that was after going out and getting like Nick Bjorkstad at the trade deadline. They just did not have the depth scoring, and it still doesn't feel like they do. I just... Again, I, I realize like I have the mentality of like, oh, just fucking get rid of somebody because it's easier said than done when you're not in that situation. But I don't understand how four years of Ken Holland hasn't been enough to be like, this guy can't get us there. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they win the cup this year. Could happen. Connor McDavid. Yeah. I won't fucking doubt him. But I just look at that roster and I'm like, you're basically taking the same approach you've taken for the last four or five years. And it, it hasn't fucking worked. Seems like the definition of insanity to me. Yep. <sighs> With that, wanted to mention one last thing on the way out of here. Um, John Butchergrass of uh, ESPN mentioned <sighs> that uh, Barry Melrose has stepped away uh, from ESPN after a di- uh, diagnosis with Parkinson's disease. Um, That's horrible. Just all the best to Barry Melrose, an absolute staple of hockey in the United States particularly, you know, has been on my television covering hockey for essentially my entire fucking life. Even when ESPN didn't give a shit about hockey, Barry Melrose was still there as one of the faces being like, Hey, yeah, you should watch this shit. Um, so just best wishes to Barry Melrose. Um, just again, uh, it, an underrated, understated importance to hockey in the United States. Um, just for the position that he had. With that, we will look to wind things down for this week's show. Endo-M. Endurance. What do you got going on, buddy? Um, I was going to do be a pro, but I think I'm also going to probably abstain from NHL for a while. Um, the, the I think at is, least... If yeah. you guys told me you wanted to play tonight, I'd be like, fine. Because I just want to play games with you guys and want to have fun with the hockey game. <laughs> Why don't we just go play poker? 
Like just play poker in the disco <laughs> call. We did that one time randomly at night. And then you went all in and then you swept the fucking rug up to everybody else. That's, um, that's right. Honestly, I'm down for whatever tonight. Uh, I don't really care. Uh, I'm thinking of doing a lot more stuff aside from hockey on stream. I really want to just play a lot of single player games. I want to I wanted to try to get into Madden this year. Um, just, you know, the play position and do that. But I don't know. I just I just couldn't. Every year I try to get into Madden. I can't. I try to get into 2K, uh, NBA 2K. I can't. Uh, to me, it's always been uh, hockey and soccer or, or footy as a, you know, association football as, as it's properly called. Um, yeah, I'll stream probably Monday, Wednesday, Friday from now on out because Tuesday, Thursdays are busy days for me now uh, with hockey and everything like that. But yeah, you can catch me at Endurance M on Twitch. I supposed to put a video out on NHL 24 and the basis of, you know, how it is and all that. But I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I think we've talked about it enough, especially after last night with certain things and certain design choices. I'll talk about it after the first patch. But yeah, you can check me out over at Endurance M on Twitter, on Twitch, basically every social media possible. That's where I'm at. My big question now is obviously we've we've had our, our 2K10 runs and we could go back that way, but... I'm playing a lot of old NHL games, and uh, you could position lock on those games too. So I don't know. Maybe we'll. Do we uh... bring back the Goocher? <laughs> we have options, is what I'm saying from a hockey perspective that aren't quite NHL 24. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Sin, I know you're still on the 24 grind on the YouTube side of things. What yeah. do you got going on? Yeah, my franchise mode and my Be a Pro still going strong on there. Uh, yeah, began the rebuild for the Bruins after going all in for a couple of years. And well, we got, we were right there. That's all I'm going to say. We either won or we didn't, but we, we, I, I'll, I will confirm we, uh, there's one Stanley cup appearance, but yeah, we've uh, started to rebuild around McAvoy and pasta because if you waited any longer, they'd get too old. So, oh man, I'm excited. We've had a couple really freaking good drafts and, uh, yeah, it's just a great series. I'm loving it. And good, good, uh, good, good metrics on it. And a lot of people talking with it. So, yeah, that's all you can hope for. And I just uh, in my Bia Pro series, I just hip check Bedard into fucking oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kicking his ass for the call to race because, of course, there you go uh, with that. I don't know what uh, what the content for me is going to be. It'll still be something hockey related. Like I said, we started up on NHL 12 last night with franchise Maybe we end up doing a, a kind of connected franchise like we've done through Parsec before, whether it be bringing back 2K10, playing something else, um, because I feel like we can still scratch that itch of playing games together. It doesn't necessarily have to be NHL 24, though. So we shall see. Um, but for now, thank you all for listening, for watching, for supporting the show this week. We will be back next week talking, uh, I believe, on Monday, all about the action from... Uh, this weekend and of course as the nhl season continues onward and we'll see what happens in the meantime until then endo mills you get the final word wanted to talk about this with the leafs if, although i was distracted by putting hockey stuff away i did some quick math for these for the same price to grab season tickets for the toronto marlies which is basically playing hockey right down the street you can get one night of seats in a lower bowl that is a problem, and that is the reason why we have suits ruining the sport. Thank you guys for watching. Have a good one. Lena just got home.
Take it easy. <laughs>